Word of God from Galatians chapter 4. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. This is the word of the Lord. Also the basis for my message to you this morning. Christmas isn't over. This is the seventh day of Christmas as far as Christians are concerned. And yet, if we look around, is Christmas over in your neighborhood? I've seen some trees already, Christmas trees undecorated out in the tree lawn. Saw the village crew out already with their chopper chopping up trees, packages, garbage dump ready to go. Christmas music, oh, you might be able to find one or two stations that still have Christmas music, but pretty much that seems to be gone too. In some sense, it's like Christmas seems to be over. And yet our text this morning certainly does lift our spirits and sends us into the new year with joy and with hope. So I'd like to unpack this reading today. So it begins, when the fullness of time had come. The Greeks had two different words for time. <clears throat> One is chronos. We get a word chronology from that word. It's the, the calendar time. Uh, that's sequential. Each time happens time just like the clock every hour but then they had another word kairos and that's the word that paul uses here this is really a kind of an interrupting time it's it's a time that doesn't necessarily follow a sequence but it, it just happens it's god's time it's the right time it's the special time it's the appointed time probably the best analogy would be for the the kairos is the birth of a child uh, my oldest son was born on his due date Good for him. He's always been an obedient kid. My second son, I took a week off vacation, <clears throat> so expected my second son to be born on the day I took off. He didn't come. Another day, didn't come. Another day, he didn't come. I said, Sharon, <laughs> I've only got a couple of days of vacation. But in the fullness of time, he finally arrived. The birth, it was when his time, it was God's time, that's the time that Paul is talking about here, that, that right time. Not necessarily our time, but God's time. And during this era, this is really known as the, the time in, in the Roman Empire, is the Pax Romana, the, the time of peace from about uh, 30 or 50 BC to about 151 AD. AD. Those 200 years were time of, of peace in the Roman Empire. Uh, Everybody spoke Greek. That was kind of established already uh, earlier, but everybody spoke Greek. Uh, they still had their own native or their home language, like Aramaic in Palestine, but everybody spoke Greek, so they had a universal language. Uh, the road system was very, very good. The Romans had built roads so that they could get their armies around, but also that, that meant traffic could go very easily, and so the message could go throughout the world. Economically, uh, the Roman everybody was pretty successful during this time. And so God said, this is the right time for me to send my son. So when the fullness of time had come, God, God acted. 
not just anyone, but, but the creator himself, God who made the universe, acted in his majestic desire for the whole world. God sent forth his son. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son. It's kind of like the old Hallmark commercial, uh, when you care enough to send the very best. God cared enough to send the very best. He sent his son into our world. Those of your parents, you kind of recall when uh, you have little children, the first time you send them off to school, it's that, oh, sending them out into the world. Or send them to university. You send your daughter to university. It's like, oh, she's going to be okay. God sent his son. God, who had this perfect place in heaven. Everything was perfect. Everything was wonderful. He sent his son into our world of sin and suffering and pain. The emotion of God sending his son. We sometimes forget what God has done. He sent his son. He sent forth his son into our world. When we think of sending, though, it's not just send as you kind of send a Christmas card. Oh, there it is. It's gone. This word that Paul uses here is a different word. Here he uses the word, we, we get a word, apostle. He sent Jesus as a delegate. He sent Jesus as his representative. He sent God himself as God. God comes into our world. He sent forth his son in a special way. And he says, born, he says, born of a woman. He doesn't come with some kind of a, a Hollywood glamour or some kind of a, a great tour, kind of say, hey, here I am, everybody. But born of a woman, born fully human. Born like flesh and blood, just as you and me. We have that, that we are earthborn. We're not magic. It wasn't some kind of magical God that, that Jesus kind of just popped up, but he came through that natural process. Born of a woman, born under the law. We think of God's Torah, the rules and regulations, the Ten Commandments. God came under that law, but more than that, just the very laws of nature. Jesus was hungry, Jesus got thirsty. Jesus ultimately died. He came under that the natural law of nature so that he could understand all of our needs, all of our desires. He came under that law to redeem those who were under the law. That's you and me. We are all under the same law of nature, but also under, under God's law, the rules, the regulations, and the breaking of God's law. We're under that law that accuses us of our sinfulness, recognizing the fact that we're not what God wants us to be. And so he had to redeem us. He had to buy us back. He had to pay that price that you deserve to pay, but you couldn't because there was nothing good in you. And so Jesus, that perfect God-man, came to redeem those who were under the law. He bought us back. He paid the price. He is Emmanuel, God with us so that we might receive adoption as sons. He adopted us into his family. To be adopted in the Roman world would mean that you then became a full member of the family. You had the full rights as God's children. We received that adoption by our baptism. Already back when we were little children, God adopted us in his family through the waters of baptism. He brought us back into a relationship with him. We now are his children by adoption. 
to Mary Magdalene, Jesus said, I'm going to your father and my father, to your God and my God. Jesus now is our brother. God is our father through that adoption by the power of baptism so that we then become God's sons and daughters by baptism. That's a fact, Paul says. Because you are, it's not saying, well, you might be, because you are sons. That's a fact that God wants us to understand very clearly. We are God's children. And because we are God's children, again, God acts. God works. Christmas, we often think, is a celebration of Jesus' birth, and that is, it's his birthday, but it really is a celebration of the Father's gifts. The God the, God, the Father gave his Son at Christmas, but he also then has sent his Spirit, the Spirit of his Son. Jesus doesn't just come to earth. He did come to earth, but he also sent his Spirit, and not just the Spirit to hover around us, but rather he sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts. The Holy Spirit has come into us, and so he gives us that heart, that relationship, that spirit that says, now we can call God Daddy, Father. It's a relationship, it's an intimate relationship now that we have because that spirit is in us. We now have that fruit of the spirit, that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all those, that fruit of the spirit is now ours because we have that spirit, that spirit in our hearts, a spirit in our lives so that we can say, God, our Father who art in heaven. We pray that prayer because he really is our Father through our brother Jesus. And so Paul goes on, so you're no longer a slave. Now you say, well, you're probably just like the Galatians. What do you mean? We weren't slaves. None of us were slaves. Well, we are. We're slaves to our sins. Paul says, but you no longer have to be bound by those sins. Your pet sins, those sins that you don't want to let go of. Paul says you could be free. You are free from those sins. He has forgiven those sins. You can stop doing those sins. You're no longer a slave, but a child of God. God has declared that. Martin Luther said, this is the certainty of grace. We are certain that God has loved us enough so that we become his children. We now are a child of God, and if a child of God, then, Paul goes on, he says, then for sure you are an heir through God. You have inherited the gifts that God wants us, wants us to have. It's a fact that he's reiterating for us, again, as if we're sons, which we are, then we then are, have that inheritance. Interesting thing about an inheritance, it's not, you don't get an inheritance because you're good. You get an inheritance because you're related to the one that gives. And so we are related to God the Father. He gives us an inheritance, an inheritance of forgiveness, life, and salvation. He gives forgiveness of sins. A few moments ago, you received that very body and blood given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. You received Christ into your body for that forgiveness. That's part of the inheritance that you have. He's given you eternal life, which began with the waters of baptism and continue to flow in your hearts and in your lives, that life that continues through this life all into eternity. And finally, he gives us salvation. Jesus suffered and died for your forgiveness. He gives you that hope of eternal life, and he gives that assurance that your relationship with God has been sealed by his blood on the cross. Our inheritance 
is a gift that God gives to us. Christmas is never over because God continues to come to us over and over again. Every weekend, every time we read our Bibles, he speaks to us. He gives us his body and blood. He gives us his word to assurance of the forgiveness of our sins. Christmas for Christians is never over. It's always there for us to receive the blessings and the gifts that God wants us to have. May you have a blessed new year in Jesus' name. Amen.